the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going back to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to repeat some things that I said last week, and then we'll get right into verses 9 through 19. So let's return to verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called by God, obeyed by going to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went, not knowing where he was going. How did he go? By faith. The natural result of faith is always obedience. So when Abraham was called, he obeyed. When God called, he obeyed. It was a call for him to give up his life to living in dependence with a D. It was a call to living in absolute reliance upon a God he just met. It was a call to lay the whole of his existence in the hand of God that he really didn't know. That's what it was a call to. When God called Abram, he was living in the city of Ur, which is located in what we now know as Iraq. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now, I don't know if we can grasp the enormity of the faith that Abraham demonstrated in his obedience, not to say that his faith was any greater than what we possess, but it demonstrates, and I want you to see this, it demonstrates the faith that you possess. Okay? Abraham was living in Ur in the Euphrates Valley, Acts 7-2. And God called him out of all that was familiar to him. And God called him away from his family and his home to a land that God would give him. Okay? We don't know all that Abraham left behind, but it's literally what God is doing is uprooting his life, and he is uprooting his life for a God that he just met. Now, Ur is reported today right now, of consisting of a mud hotel in a very dirty little city. So you might go there today and say, well, that was pretty much a no-brainer for Abraham. But it wasn't like that in Abraham's day. In Abraham's day, Ur was a flourishing commercial city. It was known for its well-established rich culture and was very prosperous. 
The city was absolutely, completely pagan. And they worshipped many gods, as did Abraham's father, Joshua 24.2. They no doubt had an established trade there, and lifelong friends. They had homes, routines, and relationships. And Abraham, like all who live according to the flesh, was a willing victim of his culture when God called him out. God called Abraham to himself. He was called to separate himself from his culture and to leave every influence that surrounded him. Abraham owed his salvation to the election of God. He had done nothing to deserve God's grace. It was God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur and gave him the name Abraham, Nehemiah 9.7. Abraham was 75 years old and well established in life when he answered the call of God. And I want you to notice that in this verse that God brought him out. Now, here's the thing, folks. It was God who empowered his faith. Now, he could have turned it down, but God empowered it. It was God who empowered his body to be obedient. It was God who brought him out of that place of of paganism. It was God who led him away. And it was God who gave him the confidence to trust and obey. Abraham wasn't born an exceptional individual. I'm sure he had gifts, he had talents. I'm sure he was established in some way or another in this world. But God called him out of everything that was established in this world. God called him out of the culture that he had lived in all his life. God called him away from all of the beliefisms and mores that he had held to. God called him into a complete and absolute life of dependence upon a God that he just met. Now, if you don't think that's miraculous, you don't know what miraculous is. It was absolutely the work of God. Now, why am I bringing that out? Because everything that God has called you to, He has perfectly equipped you for. And I don't care whether you're 75 or 95, you are perfectly equipped to be obedient to all that God has put in your path. You see, you won't leave this earth ill-equipped to do what God has called you to. You won't come to the end of your life and say, Gee, I wish I had the strength to be obedient. You are strong in the Lord. And you are able to do all that He has called you to. Because faithful is He who called you, Thessalonians, who will also what? Do it. That's right. He had to leave everything behind. God brought him out. Now, there's a lot of things we don't want to let go of. And there's things that are hard for us. There are things that we have our identity placed in. And we we have a hard time letting go of. You need to say, God has brought me out. I don't have to cling to that anymore. I don't have to find significance in that anymore. God has brought me out. My significance is not in this world. It is not in the things of this world. It is not in the culture of this world. It's not in anything that is temporal. It is in who He has made me to be. That is where I am significant. Genuine, saving faith is always obedient faith. 
And Paul uses the phrase, the obedience of faith in Romans. But Jesus declares in Matthew, Matthew seven twenty one. he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You can't do the will of the Father apart from the Spirit of God. And you can't enter into the will of the Father apart from faith. That's why Jesus made this statement. Obedience is the fruit and faith will call you every time to a singular focus. Hear me. To a singular focus. That is faith. If you find your focus divided, I don't care how righteous you may think it is, it is a distraction from what you've been called to. Faith calls you to one thing and one thing only. The tagline of this church is, it's just about Jesus. That hasn't changed. And I don't care what's going on in society, that will never change. It's just about Jesus. Because we stand in that place in truth. Everything else will pull you in different directions. Faith will call you to a singular focus. Jesus, when he called Levi the tax collector, he left everything to follow Jesus. Obedient faith abandons all to live from Christ's life. The scriptures point to this work in salvation, a work that delivers us from the attachments of this world, the culture of this world, so that we have an identity that is not transient. Now, hear me, that's so important. That we have an identity that is not transient and what's more is not threatened. People of God, your identity is not threatened if it's His identity. If it's the truth. He's called you to a fixed identity. The scripture points to this work of salvation. Verse 9 says, By faith he lived as a foreigner in, a, in the promised land as in a strange land, living in tents as nomads with Isaac and Jacob, who were fellow heirs of the same promise. Now, what we see is a man that is refused, doggedly refused to attach himself to anything other than his God, including the promised land. Including the promised land. Here's the thing, the promised land was the land that God promised. But the goal of faith is not the land. The goal of faith is God Himself. To walk in obedience. And this, this man says, I will not build a house. I will not establish myself in the land. I will not make myself a part of this. I will walk in truth awaiting my God's deliverance to the land He has called me to, which is a land that is blessed because it is crafted by His hand and it is made for Him alone. That's what I'll wait for. He lived as an alien. Now that's difficult. You should know, and if you don't, you're in trouble. Right? It's difficult to live as an alien. Because we're so easily caught up in the momentum 
of the culture around us. We begin to see ourselves as they see themselves. And we feel compelled to follow, to fit in, to belong. And he would not establish himself in any place. He would not allow himself to be led and established in anything but his God. And he lived that way. Remember that song? This world is not my home, I'm just passing through. Well, that's the truth. We need to live like that. Look at where his heirs were dwelling. Not in houses, not in the cities, but in the tent of their father. You know why? They were raised in the faith of their father. That's why. Not in the identity of the land they were dwelling in. Theirs was a culture of faith that focused on God. The scripture tells us they were sojourning. That word there is paroikeo, and it means to live nearby, but separate. They were sojourning. Here's the thing. One of the things that you see in the Bible, particularly when you deal with Israel, is they're called to live in a separateness. They were called to live in a separate culture. They were called to keep themselves pure and separated from the world. Now, they, they had a different calling, but we have the same calling, but it's not that we can just pick up and move to some, some commune somewhere, because we can't. We're participating. But we are called to keep ourselves separate in who we are. Never allow ourselves to be identified with the world. Never pick up the world's identities. That's hard. But that's what you're called to. An alien is someone who is from a completely different world. Right? He has no attachments to this world. None of the things of this world make sense for an alien. Good or bad. An alien comes from a different world and operates with a whole different set of rules because he doesn't understand the culture. That's us. We are aliens. In order to live like an alien, we have to live like who we are. We have to live out of the new creation being because that is the alien in you. <laughs> That's the way God made you. Abraham's heirs lived unto God. They held to the promises of God by faith. They passed by and observed the opulence of the godless and how they lived. They saw both the good and bad of the godless lives, but they would never settle. Because God had called them out to himself. They would allow nothing to distract them from their faith. And these boys had walked alongside of their father. They had dwelt in the practice of faith. They had heard what he had of the knowledge of God. It was, it was practiced before them. They had embraced the values and the truth and later the faith of their fathers. And this faith guarded them. This faith protected them. This faith kept them in truth and did not allow them to be drifted away into the culture that was surrounding them, wherever that was. God had called them out to himself. That's the first thing we have to remember about the calling of God. He called you to himself. Now, you may be in the ministry, like me, 
But I want to tell you something. He called me to himself. Ministry is just the expression of it. It doesn't mean that I was called to ministry and therefore he attached himself to me in some special way. Now that's a man-centered point of view. That's not what happened at all. He has called you to be a wife. He's called you to be a husband. He's called you to be single. He's called you to be a father. He has called you to be all of those things. But first He called you to Himself. Because only through your relationship with Him can you be any of those things and can you find what He has for you in those things. Otherwise your blessings become curses and you become unstable in the roles that God has given you. Verse 10 says, For he was waiting expectantly, confidently, looking forward to the city which has foundations, an eternal heavenly city, which, whose architect and builder is God. So Abraham was looking for a city built by God. Now he would wander as a nomad with a firm conviction that he would never be settled in that which, was, which man produced. Do you have that conviction? That you'll never be settled in the things of this world? That you'll never be settled in what could be created by man? Do you ever wonder why you can't be settled and established in the things of this world? Because you were not made for this world. You're just passing through. So many religions end up being cults because they try to, to create for themselves a promised land in the midst of this world. And they get the idea that God has called them in separation to, to be able to live in isolation. God never called you that. God is not that weak. He is not so frail that He has to run to the hills to hide from the ungodly. His people stand in strength. They bear their witness in the face of persecution. They go to the cross with a smile on their face, singing praises unto God with a supernatural endurance. That is the people of God. That is the people of faith. That is not the weak-kneed people that run to the hills as soon as persecution arises. And that is not you. He was looking for what God had for him. Lot looked upon the green meadows and the cities of men, the comfort of being settled in a house belonging to the society of men. Lot found himself and his family immersed in the culture which was corrupt and wicked. It became his family's normal. Even when the culture insisted on wickedness and to do violence to his guests, he bargained with them, looking for a compromise. Finally, he had to be led away under the threat of death, and still his wife turned back and looked back. Do you find yourself looking for significance in your relationship with this world? Because that's what she did. That's what Locke did. Look around you. This all is going to be destroyed. Fire is coming. I'm not trying to sound like Billy Sunday. It is going to come. This is temporal, folks. But you're not made of the stuff that can be consumed by fire. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you can stand and you won't even smell like smoke because you will be clothed in Him. 
Look at verse 11. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive a child, even while she was long past the normal age for it, because she considered him who had given her the promise to be reliable and true to his word. She considered the God who made the covenant with Abraham, and, the, and she considered the faith of Abraham, and she said, Oh, it, it'll be so. I know that God. Now, we know that she had doubts. And it wasn't like Abraham's faith never faltered. But constancy is the evidence of faith. She watched the witness of God's faithfulness day after day for years. She witnessed her husband's unwavering determination to follow his God. It was God's faithfulness to Abraham that gave birth to her faith. Listen, apart from Jesus himself, there are no perfect people in the Bible. Did you figure that out? There are no perfect people in the Bible. They're just people of faith. People who determined to follow him. No turning back. Alright, verse 12. So from one man, though he was physically as good as dead, were born as many descendants as the stars of the heaven in number, and innumerable as the sands on the seashore. So not only was Sarah beyond the years of childbearing, on top of the fact that she had never been able to get pregnant, and Abraham's body was considered as good as dead. Now he's in his 70s, and I'm sure some of you men will take exception to that. But the body does have a shelf life, right? And God is never limited by the weakness of the flesh. This is why it's so cool to walk in the will of God, because you don't have to consider how weak you are. In fact, he says that his strength is perfected or made manifest in our weakness. Well, his strength is getting clearer every day for me. How about you? So God enabled them, both him and Sarah were enabled and had the promised heir. And then, after Sarah died... Abraham went and remarried and had six more sons with another wife. Now this, of course, multiplied the descendants of Israel. But the number of descendants that number as the stars and as innumerable as the sands of the seashore were those who came by faith unto Christ and were reborn. It points to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 13. All these died in faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They all died in faith, guided and sustained by it, without receiving tangible fulfillment of God's promise, only having seen, anticipated them, and having welcomed them from a distance, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. See, we have to own this life of faith declaring ourselves as aliens and strangers in the world. They persevered to the end, never seeing their lives as being temporal, but as eternal, awaiting to live in the eternal home of God. You see, if you see yourself as God has made you an eternal being, then you can see with clarity the promises of God are awaiting you. The fulfillment of all that God has promised you 
in the heavenlies is awaiting you. You haven't missed a thing. You can go tomorrow, you can go to hundred years from now, and you won't miss a thing. They persevered to the end. Philippians 3.20 says, But we are different because our citizenship is in heaven. And you need to own that because it owns you. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from there, we eagerly await the coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. To eagerly await is for us like engaged couples awaiting marriage. They're spending every moment they can with each other looking forward to that point of union. Now, I know this from my own and from watching my kids. There's an anticipation. There's an excitement. Every decision that's made is made in the context of that. Faith and judgment know what I'm talking about, don't you? Right? You have... These kids, but their, their sights are set. They have already decided what the goal is, and they are fixed on the goal. That is us who await what God has for us. We're spending every available moment, which is every moment, with Him. While we wait eagerly to be joined with Him in, in truth. Alright. Verse 14, Now those who say such make it clear that they are looking for a country of their own. And if they had been thinking of that country from which they had departed as their true home, they would have had continuing opportunity to return. They weren't that far away. Anytime they wanted to go back to the lifestyle that they had had in the land of Ur, they could have packed it up and gone back. But they held fast, believing what they had was better. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 